You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Well, I'll be damned. We made it another week. We made another week during the shelter-in-place COVID-19 of 2020. We made another week without uh, Billy Bradley joining the the episode. Billy Bradley, like uh, literally millions upon millions of Americans are struggling with their workplaces at the moment. Billy's uh, plant is getting ready to, as I think they're headed for a shutdown is what it looks like. Um, and the way he was uh, explaining it to us, they tried to do second shifts like a lot of places do, like I'm trying to do with, with my workers at the moment. Um, Billy is handling some business, not able to make it with us um, this week. But um, i tell you all what he said um, uh, to tell you all. But it's Good Friday as we as we record this, and I'm going to try to do, Rob. Yeah. I'm going to try to do something I haven't done in in, in maybe 180 episodes, and that's get through this thing without saying one cuss word. I don't know if I can do it, Rob, but it's time for an Easter miracle, and 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 I'm trying to show the world that maybe it's possible. What do you think? Um, I'm going to wish you luck with that, um, <laughs> because as far as the language goes, I mean, you you're kind of our point leader. As far as that goes, uh, and depending on where I am, depending on how far down the bourbon bottle I am, depends, yeah. on, depends on where my language is, so yeah. we'll go with that. Yeah, well, I assume we're, uh, we're recording this on a Friday early in the morning, so it's safe to say that we are both um, um, complete control of our faculty, or as control of our faculties as we can be, and, and Rob, we're going to welcome yes. in a, uh, a guy that's been on the on the show before, but hasn't been on in a while, uh, my buddy, Mark Scott. Mark, how you doing, buddy? You're down in uh, Vero Beach, Florida. Where where are you down there? No, I'm in uh, Venice, Florida. Venice, Florida. That's what I meant. Yep. Yeah, Venice, Florida. Florida. Right Mark, uh, do us a favor. Introduce yourself and um, and kind of what you do um, for a living, or now rather, what you don't do um, so much of as a living, and give us an idea of where you are here in this. Uh, how is how is the COVID pandemic um, uh, affecting you, Bud? Well, uh, I guess first, just to let folks know that uh, my job, I'm the vice president of sales for a sports marketing company, and we do tickets and corporate hospitality packages to all the major sporting events, anything from. Uh, the Masters or the Daytona 500, the Super Bowl, literally any event, uh, um, we do it. So uh, needless to say, things are a little slow these days uh, when your job is to get people out to, to large sporting events or, or places where there are large crowds. Uh, that's just not happening. And, uh, you know, I can think back to, I, I, can, I know the exact date, March 12th, I was standing at the TPC at Sawgrass with a beer in my hand, standing with clients, and all of a sudden my cell phone just started going crazy with text messages, emails, and phone calls. And that was the day that they canceled, within one hour, 13 conference tournaments. And I had people at the SEC Championship, the Big 12 tournament, the Big Big 10 tournament. Uh, I had people there at Sawgrass. And all of a sudden, you know, people were, you know, everything just started canceling. So it's... um, it's been tough to say the least, uh, especially not knowing where we're going. It's been nice that uh, uh, golf came out uh, uh, the other day and gave us a date for the Masters and the PGA Championship and and the U.S. Open. So we're at least getting some direction, but 
not knowing uh, when NASCAR is exactly going to come back, when the Major League Baseball season is going to start, uh, when when's college football? It's just it's uh, it's like everything else. You know, this is changing by the minute, by the hour, by the day, and we're just trying to adjust with the times the best we can. All right, Mark. So I know we're going to talk um, about the NASCAR schedule here um, in a bit. A lot of interesting. Uh, models have been forecasted, um, to say the least, interesting. But I know in years past when the Masters has rolled around, I, I have literally seen you uh, with just about <laughs> – you name the sports stars and and you, you're you standing around. Like the Masters, I know, I believe you used to have a uh, – or, or maybe you do have a cigar rolling station, a martini station, a, a – um, a massage station. I mean, when you when you talk about putting together corporate packages, you do everything from, you know, tickets to um, an event here or there. I've called you for tickets before to get to Final Fours and that sort of thing, but you also do, do crazy, crazy things where big, large companies are entertaining lots of people and, and doing it in a very positive way. All that seem has 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 gone down, but what you have been pulling into the Masters, and and what would your typical Masters weekend? I mean, cause I always give you hell because you you do the the most awesome things, but it's kind of work. It's kind of work too in there. <laughs> but what would your typical Masters weekend look like for for some of your corporate package people? Well, um, you know, first of all, it's for me, it is just it's more than Masters week. I arrive in Augusta on. Sunday before the tournament starts, Monday is the first day of the practice rounds. Monday is always huge because it's also the national championship, and it's personally for me one of my biggest days because I do a thing uh, with the Veterans Golf Association where uh, we host them on Monday, they all go to the tournament, and then we host a big uh, evening party to watch the national championship, Um, and then we're there all week, and our hospitality facility is open at 7 in the morning closes at 8 at night, so that means that, you know, you're getting up at 5 a.m., you're there all day, and once you get everybody out of there, then you got to have your meeting, and then before you know it, it's 10 o'clock and you haven't eaten yet. So, um, And then you do it all again. So, you know, the the thing about our, our time at the Masters, it's different for every company. You know, some companies, they might only come in for one day. Uh, they might just bring in a group of folks and be there for uh, only on Wednesday for the practice round in the par three tournament. Um, there's other companies that will take advantage of the entire week and will get them some private homes to stay at or, or hotel rooms. They will uh, rotate their clients in and out, maybe come to the golf tournament every day, um, or they'll have a group of folks that will go and play golf, and then they'll bring their B group of clients to the tournament and then rotate them the next day. So. Where we've kind of carved our niche in this industry is being able to customize the packages to exactly what our clients want. Uh, And the Masters, you know, this is the first time in 17 years that I'm not in Augusta in April, and it's uh, it feels weird to say the least. Yeah, I I I can only imagine. Rob Lopes, this is something I don't know that you know about Mark, but he is a a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, just like just like you and I, and. One of the things that I had to really come to grips with is Mark. Mark hosted Ed Reed or had Ed Reed at the Masters um, a, a few years ago, and I'll be damned if I, I, I listen. I, and you know how how diehard of a Steelers fan I am. 
I actually came to appreciate Ed Reed a little bit with uh, with his interaction there with Mark. Mark, am I wrong here, or is Ed Reed kind of a good dude? He was he was a great guy. Uh, you know, I'm as crazed a Steeler fan as you'll ever meet. I'm sitting here at my desk looking at a painting of Jack Lambert that hangs in my office. Which, by the uh, way, your son is named uh, Jack after Jack Lambert. Yep, exactly. And, you know, Ed was a great guy. You know, I gave him a ton of grief, and uh, but and he took it and gave it right back. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, and and yeah, you know, Dan, I know you saw that picture of me and him shaking hands, holding fists yeah. up to each other's jaws. Uh, I, I could couldn't have been a nicer guy, despite yeah. being a Raven. Well, that's good. We you know, the ironic it. thing about that is, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dan, but no, no, I was just sitting here thinking about that. I'm like, you know, I I. I I don't know Ed Reed. I just, you know, he's he was a Raven, and you know that's like oil and water when it comes to the Steelers. But the the funny thing is, like, Mark Mark says, oh man, he's a great guy, a lot of fun, you know, this and that. And the the thing I think about is probably a lot of these dudes that you meet, and I mean, and it varies from sport to sport. And you know, there's guys in the NASCAR garage that they're like, oh man, he's he's this or he's that, or he works for this team, and you don't see it as much in in NASCAR as you do the other sports, but like Ed Reed, probably a great guy. Yeah. But the only thing that that makes guys like you and me and and everybody else that, that loves the black and gold is the fact that he wore Ravens jersey. That's He's probably right. awesome dude. Yeah. But we hated him because he played against the Steelers and he was and he was a force against the Steelers. We hated. Yeah. Him. yeah exactly. <laughs> it's one of those guys we, we love to hate, and uh, if he'd have been on our side, and if he wore Steelers to... jersey, if yeah. he wore Steelers jersey, we'd carry him around on our shoulders. Exactly right. And the reason why we're having this conversation instead of last week is because Jimmy Wags' ass is not here. And um, and, and so okay. I'll, I'll give a little bit of, of time to this thing here. But, you know, we've got a, a lot of – we talked last week about the, the uh, monumental amount of unemployment claims that have been filing into – I mean, I just listen, they can't keep up in, in Texas. They can't keep up anywhere – in the country it is going to get worse we are flattening the curve there are signs everywhere that that um, are sheltering in place and our social distancing and those sorts of things are absolutely working um and 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 in dallas texas for instance we have you know we're pushing 1500 cases and um what we've got over uh, i think it's 100 like 120 some you know deaths from this thing and um, I mean, this is still a very serious thing. I believe we are on the on the uh, we're, we're going to reach the peak here very soon and start going down. But there is no indication to me that uh, anybody is going to have a lot of money. I'm talking about fans, fans, maybe not necessarily corporate people, that sort of thing. But um, there's not necessarily a lot of fans, in my opinion, that are going to be running right back to the racetrack, even though I think that most of us would like to go. But I, my sense is, Mark, that, I mean, people may want to watch it on TV and that sort of thing, but for the average American, if they're out of work for, you know, three or four weeks, which is a, I mean, that's a big, NASCAR fan base is about as blue collar of a fan base as you're going to find in all the sports world, and I just see I'd see NASCAR maybe struggling with some fans in the seats. Mark, can you give us any indication of what what you think or any trends that you're seeing or you're talking about there behind the scenes about how NASCAR's attendance may be affected when they do come back? Well, you know NASCAR has been one of the 
few sports organizations that has stayed smart with their ticketing pricing. Um, mm-hmm. They're not pricing the average fan out. You know, yeah. for uh, for me and my son to to go see the Lightning versus the uh, versus the Blackhawks a couple months ago, mm-hmm. you know, just to just to the two tickets and parking was over two hundred and fifty bucks before we even sat down and had a coke and a beer and and yeah. you know walked in the door. So I think NASCAR is going to be okay once we get out of this for for two reasons one they've got good ticket pricing and mm-hmm. two th- people are going to be dying to get out of the house and get back to a sense of normalcy what i do wonder about what all of us wonder about is how soon are people going to want to sit shoulder to shoulder to somebody yeah. not just at a nascar race but even at a Very restaurant point. Yeah. um yeah. that's going to be the the mental part of this, I think, is what's really going to affect people more than anything. When are you personally going to feel comfortable to go out and be with people? Now, beyond that, from everything that we've talked to with our NASCAR sponsors, and you know, Dan, you know, and and I'm not afraid to admit it, I work very closely with Monster uh, for beyond NASCAR. I do a lot of stuff with golf with them as well. Everything we're hearing from those kind of people is that they're expecting it to just go pretty much back to normal pretty quick. And for all of the missteps that NASCAR and and golf uh, took when this very first started happening uh, by saying, okay, we're just going to race, but have no fans there. And and then, you know, quick, you know, stumbled over themselves the first couple of days. They've really done a spectacular job since then. Yeah. Um, you know, I obviously know the the thoughts on i racing with amongst the three of us, but mm-hmm. it's been brilliant. You're yeah. going to be bringing in new fans because you've got these these i sports, these e sports. Yeah. You know, there's colleges now that have e sports teams, yeah. and the fact that Fox quickly saw, well, we need programming. This is popular. Let's put it on. You know, it is going to bring in. I think, and it's keeping people hungry for the sport. So I think you're going to see even more organizations. I know golf is already talking about it, um, doing some more of these i uh, these internet games and whatnot. And I know that's probably making Rob reach for a bourbon bottle here and that. But um, I think it. I think you're going to see more of it because. Uh, you, you got to think, like I mentioned, March 12th, we're, we're not even a month into this. Yeah. And we've dealt with it very well. We've, And the sports world has quickly, for all their missteps in those first couple of days, and let's be honest, the entire world took a lot of yeah. missteps in those first few days. Sure. The sports world as a whole is adjusting, but it's going to be how uh, Brian next door to you feels about going and sitting shoulder to shoulder with you at a football game or, or a baseball game or, or a race. Yeah. Well, you know, you bring up uh, the iRacing thing and everybody's talked about it ad nauseum, but, but here's something I found that was extremely interesting, Rob, you know, we've been talking about this, you know, are you entertained? I think is what you're, um, you know, if I had that synopsis of last week's, um, last Sunday's day, um, your text to me, are you not entertained, um, was right. apropos. But the fact of the matter is the, the third NASCAR iRacing event that we had um, last week had 1,179,000 viewers across Fox and Fox Sports 1. It was the second most watched sports telecast of the weekend. In fact, the matter is it was number one in uh, sports 
among adults 18 to 49. And the big thing, Mark Scott, is that I have a hard time. I mean, I mean it's very. The NBA did their first little um, gaming thing where they played NBA, the um, uh, NASCAR, an NBA uh, um, video games against each other, teams against other teams. They averaged 336,000 fans. Um, and, and this is this is the NBA. This is a big league. And the NASCAR, thanks to iRacing and all these other things, have I mean, we have over a million viewers in, in the NBA, which you would think would be in a much better position. Uh, are, they're, they're less than a third of what we are. Does that, does that make sense to you? Um, I mean, it makes me feel good on the, on the one hand that maybe, you know, NASCAR fans are staying in tune and, and we may get a bunch of new fans in here, but I'm surprised that the NBA number was that, was that low. Are you, Mark? Um, well, yes and no. Um, yes, because I know how popular the NBA is. But no for NASCAR, Dan, because you know very well, because we've talked about it for years, I've been one of the few like you that have said, just wait, just wait. NASCAR is not dying like all these people are saying. And and you and I talked many times privately, and I said, Dan, I'm telling you, they are setting themselves up perfectly. And and they are. And and it's showing now uh, as we're moving forward. Now, you also got to think, the 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 drivers are really interactive on these on sure. social media and the i racing um they're showing their personalities the yeah. nba players um plus i think it's a lot more exciting to watch a race than it is a a basketball game yeah. <laughs> of guys yeah, playing yeah, yeah. you know um it it truly is a more of a of a spectacle to watch and yeah. you know the the pro the nascar has embraced it as a sport it'll be interesting to see if the nba can um i also think that part of what has gotten nascar fans so in tune is you know, we only got a couple of races yeah the, the nba was was already past the the all-star break they were going towards the playoffs and all of a sudden you had to pull the plug yeah I can't remember who, and maybe it, it might have even been you, Rob. I can't remember who said on Twitter the other day, imagine if we didn't get Daytona. Yeah. Imagine if we didn't get to at least start the sport. Getting a couple races got everyone excited, and they were good races, too. I mean, yeah. we, we were off to a great start in the season. So I think the same will happen with golf. You're going to see – now, I know a lot of people are like, I can't even watch normal golf, much less internet golf. But, <laughs> right. it, you know, once you uh, you know, look at how they've programmed on ESPN and uh, the Golf Channel this week, yeah. uh, doing – I sat and watched all day Jack Nicklaus's 86 final round. Yeah. And my wife walked past and was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, but no." But it's it's they're getting huge ratings for it. People are dying for some. You know, it it lets you know how important sports are in the world. Yeah. Now you go back and you think about what was the great binder post nine eleven. We had sports. Yep. People wanted to go back. We wanted that sense of normalcy. We don't have that now. We don't yeah. have the games to go to and 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 hear the national anthem and be there together with a, a sense of fellowship. But so if you put it on TV and you've got some, some other options, well, people are going to reach out for it, especially since you're all locked in your house and you can't go anywhere. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And and you mentioned, you know, you watching the 86 Masters, and I saw your tweet. It was a, a brilliant uh, round and in, in historic for many, many reasons. But, you know, this week, Rob, I don't know if you if you caught some of this stuff that on NBCSN, but Dale Jr. was basically live tweeting the 2001, um, you know, Pepsi 400. Um, and he also live tweeted the, the very first race that he um, and Steve Letard and Jeff Burton called in the NBC booth at Chicago in 2000, um, in 2018. Rob, did you catch either one of those? Uh, did, you, did you catch any of Junior's tweets from, from those two events by chance? No, I, I actually did not. Um, I, the funny thing is, is I've, I haven't, the only, actually, well, I have been watching some TV movies at night, stuff like that. During the day, I've been doing everything I can to stay busy and stay off the couch. Yeah. So, and that doesn't mean sitting out back, drinking bourbon and looking at my phone. It means <laughs> sure. doing something, mm-hmm. um, trying to stay active. And I, that brings up, like, I, I sent a, a, a tweet or message out the other day about, you know, setting your set, setting up your structure. Yeah, because that's one thing, and and I'm going to try not to get off track too far here. That's one thing that me and people, probably a lot of people out there, have had trouble with structure. Because again, for 25 years, I have been. This is my mode between the beginning of February to Thanksgiving is boom, boom, boom. This mm-hmm. is it, week in, week out. This is what you do. Yeah. And now that I don't even have a shop to go to. Yeah. And I'm basically sitting at my house trying to say, okay, you can either curl up and lay in bed all day, or you can drink yourself into a, to a blackout state every day, or you mm-hmm. can, okay, stay productive, do something, but stay, stay separate, you know, be yeah. separated from people. Yeah. And it's a struggle. It really is. Yeah. And, and, and anyway, getting back to the, Getting back to your question is no, I didn't mm-hmm. see it. Although I did read some things on Twitter about it, and it sounded like it was amazing. Well, the funny thing is, it's that like, like a did, really great perspective. It's a, it's a great perspective, and and as Mark said about you know NASCAR kind of being in the roots, and and the sport was back on the rise, and and I, there's really a lot of optimism that it'll, it'll keep going. But fact of the matter is, when you got guys like Dale Jr., Steve Letarte. Um, talking about, you know, tweeting during the race about what they were thinking as they were in a booth and that sorts of things. It, it's it's extremely uh, – it, it's it's it, it would be like, uh, you know, listening to Tony Romo um, watch one of his old football games and give you the – you know, give you what's going on, what was going on in his head and that sort of thing. And um, it, was, it was really cool to look at and those sorts of things. They, they, apparently they have – NASCAR has three or four models for the schedule that um, we're, they're pushing out, and they haven't they haven't released any. I think some of the, the media people may have got wind of them and that sort of thing. They are certainly not tweeting them like like crazy. But it seems like on one of the models that looks fairly likely, they have Texas in June the seventh racing a damn cup race June 7th in Texas, and it could be 106 degrees here. Um, so I, I, there's, there's a lot of interesting things that, that could come out. I, but, but we are definitely going to get – listen, NASCAR has to get as many races in as they possibly can because of the money issue. It's a sponsor-driven sport 100%. Um, most, most sports – a lot of sports are, but none of them are quite like, like, like NASCAR here. But – 
Rob, can you imagine? Uh, I mean, when we go to these tracks, you know, typically we're going to Texas within a week or two, you know, both times we go every year. Um, I, Texas in, in in June would absolutely <laughs> – yeah, I mean, I, you'd have to just throw your nose pretty much out the window, I guess, wouldn't you, on tire wear? I would say – I would say a lot of your setup notes, depending on what schedule we come out with and when we get started. And I I mean, there's a good reason why they're not releasing any of these models is because you don't know when it's going to start. And you could, you could get the people whipped into a frenzy by posting these and like, Oh, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for that. Well, you know, Oh, this is going to happen here. And you you don't want to get people whipped into a frenzy if things aren't going to happen the way they want them to happen. Yeah. Um, so Texas in June, yeah, your, your notes from April and, and, <laughs> and, uh, October are probably out the window. Yeah. Um, a lot of these places, you know, depending, uh, I mean, we, we can conceivably, you can race, you can use the calendar all the way through winter, as long as you are able to go to certain parts of the country when you need to. And mm-hmm. I say that is because obviously you're not you don't want to go into the northeast in in November and December. Yeah. You know, you you yeah. you you don't want to you don't want to go to the Midwest, you know, during late fall, early winter. You, yeah. because it's it's cold. Yeah. You know, the weather's less than amazing. And that's the same reason. Prime example is there's a reason we don't go to Texas in June and July. Yeah. Because it's because it's hot against the hell and that's yeah. why. Yeah. You know, and, and now, if we if we go into a situation where we start racing midsummer, mm-hmm. okay, obviously you're gonna you're gonna go into the northeast and go into the midwest as early as possible, you know, through the summer, and yep. you can save your southeast, southwest, west coast stuff for later in the year, yep. because the weather stays a little bit more mild. And I'm just and I say that to say this is in 2001, and you brought that up as far as 9/11 goes. Um, in 2001, they rescheduled the Loudon race because that was the race for the weekend after the 9/11 attack. Yeah. And and they, you know, we shut, you know, the world shut down, or actually, you know, the, the America shut down for days to get gathered up and you know get our heads back on our shoulders the right way. Mm-hmm. And they rescheduled the Loudon race for Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Good. Now job. I don't need to tell you. You go to Loudon, New Hampshire in late November, it's on the pool side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I I remember going up there because they flew us up there Thanksgiving night. Like I had an early Thanksgiving dinner with my family and got on a plane and went to New Hampshire. And we got up in the morning and went to the racetrack, and, I mean, it was flipping cold. Yeah. And they to the point where they even Goodyear brought – the Martinsville tire, which is the softest tire that we run from a compound standpoint, <laughs> yeah. is the softest tire we run. And they brought that tire there saying, okay, it's going to be cool. We're going to need a soft tire. Well, it yeah. turns out it turned into an Indian summer day. The sun came out. It was unseasonably warm for that point of the year, and the tire was almost too soft for us to use at that point Holy shit. for that racetrack. Yeah, so now that, that, that's a whole other can of worms you can open up as far as when, where, what you're doing as far as where you are and what time of year. Yeah. Anyway, that, like you said, if we're in Texas in June, let me tell you something. You best bring your bring your warm weather gear and be ready to and 
bring put a you know the truck drivers need to put a few extra cases of water on the truck, et cetera. And you yeah. best everybody best have a damn jar of pickle juice ready to go because you're going to dehydrate. Well, I, you know Nate Ryan <laughs> um, talked about one time on the schedule change that he'd like to see us swing through Texas um, sometime like in in July. Um, early August, you know, and, and then head to Bristol, kind of like we did in the spring. And I said, Nate, well, uh, every Nate, year. Nate Ryan, Nate Ryan sits in an air-conditioned, air-conditioned uh, media, media room. Yeah, it's really, well, e- really easy for him to say that. And, and I'm not bashing the media, but it's really easy for these guys that can do their job sitting in a 70-degree yeah. air-conditioned building and instead of guys that are out in the sun out in a garage where air, air doesn't move to no. begin with. God, no. And, you know, have, and be set on this schedule, you know, it's, yeah. it's a perspective thing. So well, here we go ahead. Thing Nothing against me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nothing against Nate. This is what I told him. I said, Nate, the, the truck race and the IndyCar race is held the first week of June every year in Texas. I always go there because it's part of to, to, to have infield, um, an infield camping spot. They don't let you just buy one race or, or, you know, the spring race or the fall race. you got to buy all three races, which is the spring and fall uh, cup races and the and the summer Indy truck race. So, you know, I would pull sloppy yellow in there sometimes. Other times I would not even do it because the fact of the matter is at night in Texas it's going to be about 93 degrees. Uh, this is where it's going to cool off to be, and and when that you know when they start this race at night, they start at like seven thirty. That's that's your low, okay? I mean, first pitch at a Rangers game at seven oh five is like one oh one. I mean, it's it's just like ridiculous, you know. It's like you know, it's 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 after dinner time, and it's still a hundred degrees out. But I, I told Nate, I said, listen, for a four for a seven thirty p.m. start, fans got to get there at four o'clock. And at four o'clock, you're going to be the hottest part of the day. And I'm telling you, people are that there's too many people. I mean, for a truck race and an IndyCar race, there's not a whole lot of people that go there. Period. But there's, but it still a, can be a dangerous situation in temperatures. I, I know why they 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 showed models that way because the Texas track already has an event scheduled. But man, you talk about I I feel bad for the drivers. I feel bad for the fans. It, 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 listen, I'd be glad that we get some racing in, and 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 most of the models that are out there show us coming back. You know, late May. Um, you know, maybe back to Charlotte and that sort of thing with or without fans. Maybe to start, you know, maybe the All Star race or something like that. But um, it's certainly going to be extremely interesting. Um, you know, the as, as we're talking about. Um, you know this eye racing thing and 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 all that. Uh, it's it, <laughs> Jeff Gluck puts out a poll every week. Uh, basically, the entire industry looks at it. Was Bristol uh, eye racing's race a good race? It only got fifty six percent, and I think that's because it was a short track race and there was a lot of wrecks and Bubba Wallace rage quit. We've already talked about that, but last night they held um, a pro invitational um, short track series with ten drivers in it. Chase Briscoe ended up winning. Um, I only caught a few of the laps. I got most of it on a Twitter replay, but um, I, I can I can tell you this: the way NASCAR is doing it and keeping fans in tune, Mark. I I, I, I and you you shared your sentiment here. If anybody bounces back from this, I, NASCAR has as good a chance as anybody. Yes. Yes, they they really do. And and again, I go back to the the two that made the biggest mistakes right off the bat. NASCAR yeah. and golf, I think, are set up the best to adjust. 
Um, because I think the tracks, you know, the fact that NASCAR now owns a bunch of the tracks makes it easy for them to change the schedule. They're going to work with the other track owners. And the same is happening with golf. You've got the USGA and the PGA working together. And what a lot of people don't know is the Masters is not a USGA event. It's not a PGA event. It's a it's their their own invitational tournament. They don't yeah. follow anybody's rules but their own. If you've ever been to Augusta National, you know you follow their rules. But the fact that they worked together with the PGA and the USGA to, to get this new schedule completely changed around and they worked together, I think they and NASCAR are set up the best to come out of this. Because the other leagues, you know, they're going to just do it based on what's best for the league. Um, the NBA and, and Major League Baseball, you know, they're all – but, you know, you, you've got 32 different owners that are going to be saying this or that about their stadiums. Um, it, it's – you know, colleges will deal with it based on what the NCAA says. But, you know, NASCAR is set up fantastic to come out of this uh, because of their flexibility. And yeah. uh, and the same with the with golf. So, yeah, I, I, going forward, I I look forward to see what the schedule is just so I can start throwing it out to people. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to what Rob said, you don't want to release it too soon because I'll give you the perfect example. When we got the dates for the Masters the other day, mm-hmm. hey, people were calling and saying, whoa, I, first of all, I want to see Augusta in November. That's a unique chance. And, you know, so it just gave people, now let's hope that it happens. Again, yeah. we're only a month into this. We, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, we're at the beginning or middle of May. We are to some sense of normalcy. But uh, it's just you got to be hopeful because, like we've said, it's it literally changes by the hour and by the day. Listen, if, if the, the, the two guys that I know, I mean, I, I know a lot of people. Um, and the two, two of the most, the guys that are going to be the busiest, as soon as this shit is over, is on the phone with me right now doing this podcast. <laughs> uh, one uh, sells packages to go see the event, and the other one works the damn event. Rob, you guys have been, I mean, you're doing, can you tell me now, we're now at like week four, I guess, here. What What is happening at the shop? Are, are any guys able to do any work in there? But I mean, at this point, there's probably not a whole lot you can do to the cars, right, or anything. No, and before I get to that, I just want to – I wanted to ask Mark a question about what he was talking about before I get to that, Dan. Um, And you were talking about NASCAR and golf being set up the best to get back into things. And my question to that is, is do you think it is because we are outdoor venues and we are are able to take advantage of a lot more space, so to speak, rather than an arena or a stadium? One one hundred percent. That's a big part of it. Talking with people behind the scenes for both sports, the fact that it is outside, that you've you've got more room, you've got fresh air, um, that that is a huge part of it. And I think you're going to see both of those sports. The fans are going to come back quicker because you do realize, you know what, I'm out in the fresh air. And you know the one thing they keep saying with yeah, keep social distance, but Get outside, get in the fresh air, open up the windows to the house, let the air move through. The fact that NASCAR and golf are outdoor sports is, is going to make a huge difference. And I think to that point as well, Rob, that's why you're seeing football saying, as far as we know, we're going to stay right on schedule. But that again goes back to, are me and Rob and Dan mentally ready to sit shoulder to shoulder while we're watching yeah. our Steelers play? Yeah. 
Right. Well, that's, that's okay. something I had to Dan, getting back to you. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, was, I just Go ahead. I'm sorry, Dan. Considered sitting in a in a crowd with somebody because you know the first time you get into a somewhat of a crowd and somebody sneezes, um, and maybe it's because they got a whiff of that shitty ass. Damn it! I screwed it up. I just cussed. I mean that shitty ass Martinsville <laughs> hot dog. Good maybe, effort, you know, maybe it. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, they, they sneeze because they smelled that horrid thing. You know, everybody's going to be like, oh, shit. I mean, uh, do I need to back up, hand sanitizer? What do we do? It, it, we've definitely got some social experimentation to get through and and, and we all, and that sort of thing before we're all a little bit more comfortable uh, until this thing is is um, is completely down. But, um, uh, Rob, I, the, the question, and that's a great question. Thanks uh, for, for bringing that up. But is, is there anything you guys can even do at the shop anymore at this point being out for four weeks? Well, as far as what's happening in our shop, obviously it is a non-essential business, so to speak. Yeah. However, there are essential things going on with Roush Racing, and I'm sure a, a, a lot of the other race shops. And I, I'm speaking from a Roush Racing standpoint because that's the company that I work for, sure. and yeah. that's who I'm closest to. Yeah. That being said, now, the racing industry utilizes a lot of different type of resources, Mm -hmm. 3D printing, uh, CNC machining, um, work in all different kinds of materials, plastics, uh, vinyl, nylon, uh, uh, Delron, you know, all kinds of different things. And a lot of what's going on is, and it was a big thing about the NASCAR, uh, the NASCAR people making face masks. Yeah. And, you know, and, and PPE gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, with their 3D printers, et cetera. Well, the race teams are doing the same thing. No. Roush Racing is doing the same thing. Their 3D printers are running damn near nonstop, wow. making part components to yeah. help. Mm-hmm. And, and, they are, and thereby, they're hand-in-hand. Hand. Obviously, Roush Racing is a small part of or a, just an arm under the umbrella of Roush Industries, which we know is a worldwide company, and they make a lot of stuff. Yeah, and there has been a lot of retooling to for these companies to try to help lend a hand to produce these pieces. And Ralph Racing is is Ralph Fenway is no different than you know they're doing the same thing NASCAR is doing. Those 3D printers are running damn near nonstop to help make some of these components to try to help. Yeah. So there's that going on now. There's very as far as car construction, um, I'm going to go with there is nothing going on car construction wise, <laughs> and a lot yeah. of that, and 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 just from a pure logistical standpoint, you don't know what cars you need to build right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, we uh, we are had right. You you don't know where you're headed first. You don't know yeah. what you're doing. So yeah. you're you're not going to send five guys in at a time to work in five different areas of the shop. Yeah. To put suspension on a short track car or a, an intermediate car when you don't know where you're going to go to start with. Yeah. You don't, and you don't know what your schedule is going to be. So you're not going to do that. Yeah. You're, you're not going to go in there and start hanging bodies on cars and rebuilding cars because you don't know what order you need your cars. In. Yeah. And there's no point in putting people in, in close proximity to do this job when you have no direction yeah. because you don't know where you need to go. Now, obviously cars need to be built and, and to, to circle back to what was said, we got our season started. So car construction was already, we were rolling hard as far as car building goes. Yeah. I mean, you know, our inventory was getting ramped up and, you know, stuff is sitting on the floor ready for parts and pieces to go on it. 
Yeah. But now there's no point in doing that. So you you and there's no point in bringing your people in to do any work like that when you don't know where you're headed or what you need to do. Yeah. And and since parts and pieces are at a premium because you are now bear in mind you are already getting ready to go into 2021, so you are starting to thin your inventory down to begin with. Yeah. Because none of this stuff translates to the car. Yeah. So, so Rob. A question for you, Rob. I know that the uh, the golf world they announced that they will give all the players a three to four week uh, up, you know, window to say we're going to start playing at X date. Do you know if NASCAR will give all the teams, you know, hey, we're going to let you know, you know, a couple weeks out, this is what we're aiming for, or do you think it's just going to be, all right, guys, time to saddle up and ride? Um, it's funny you bring that up because that is something that I was just thinking about the other day. And I'm like, you know, what happens if the phone rings and they say, okay, boys and girls, we're going back to work. Um, you know, we've got the all clear. Oh, uh, it's Monday of whatever week. And by the way, you guys need to be in Texas or you need to be in, in, uh, Atlanta or you need to be in Martinsville Friday. What? Wait a minute. We've been sitting on our hands yeah. for a month or however long, and now we're just going to just jump back in it. I'm hoping that there is some foresight to it. It's like, okay, we, we've got the all clear. We're going to start racing on this date. Here's a two-week lead time for everybody to get, get back together, get back to work. Uh, you, you know, because none of us in, within our sport have ever – sat this long not doing anything. Yeah. And I don't mean just as an individual. I mean as an organization. Mm-hmm. There is nothing going on at the shops as far as cars go. I'm yeah. sure there are cobwebs hanging off toolboxes right now and <laughs> freaking somebody had a snack in there for Monday and who knows what that thing looks like at this yeah. point, you know. Got some penicillin growing there. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, there's probably some serious science experiments going on in some of these shop refrigerators and, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I would think a little a, a two-week lead would probably be sufficient yeah. to get things up and running. Like you say, okay, we're going back to work on Monday. Uh, two weeks from now, we're going racing. And I yeah. think that would probably be sufficient enough to be able to get things going based on – knowing what I know as far as the organizations go and the fact that you're not having to come in there and start from scratch because you had stuff built. You already had, you had parts right. and pieces, stuff yeah. sitting there. It's just a matter of getting them, getting them on the cars. Yeah. Well, you, know, you bring up another interesting point that we we're not going to cover today because we we're already 40 some minutes into this thing, but you know, that we've, we've pushed this car back now to a, a we're not debuting this car um, next year. And now we've gotten rid of some of these parts and pieces and, try to dwindle down our stuff. It'll be interesting to see how everybody now holds on to all these things moving forward. Adam Stern reported a couple of days ago, guys, that if there's an eight-week delay, um, and there, there's, NASCAR has supposedly drawn up at least four potential schedules. That with an eight-week delay, they could start at Martinsville. With a 10-week delay, they could start at the Coca-Cola 600. Um, the, if there's a 12-week delay, and this is where they were talking about maybe starting in, in June at Texas because they've already scheduled an event. 
Um, in a 15-week delay, the schedule could go into December, um, as you spoke about earlier, Rob, because, they're, you know, we got to get these things in. Um, as a matter of fact, um, let's get in a commercial break right here at the 44-minute mark. Here we go. Bored at home with nothing to do? Have kids that need some exercise or are missing their dance classes? Well, we've got you covered. Starting Monday, April 6th, tune into You Matter's Instagram and YouTube pages to take part in dance classes being offered by our Diamond Dancer instructors, Hallie and Alex. Check out our Facebook for more info, and registration is free. Um, after the commercial, there was some other big news this week. Uh, um, NASCAR announced its Hall of Fame um, induct or nominees, and uh, Dale Jr. You know, they read Rob. They redid this the, the way that they are coming up with the the NASCAR Hall of Fame nominees. And the main reason they did this because at the beginning, you know, NASCAR was. I mean, everybody has a. Um, Everybody pretty much had every other sport pretty much already had a Hall of Fame. NASCAR didn't. Um, thanks to Winston Kelly and some other people, we we now have it. But we had to put a lot of people in quickly. A lot of very well deserving people need to get in there quickly. After you know, uh, the the you know five or six years or whatever it's been since the Hall of Fame has been up. Now we got this thing you know pretty well stacked. and We need to back it down. But there's only um, three out of the uh, or, or two out of the the modern list, as they call it, and one out of the pioneer list that are getting in it. Um, the modern list I thought was uh, very interesting. You've got Neil Bonnet, Jeff Burton, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Carl Edward, which we'll talk about here, Harry Gant, Harry Hyde, Larry Phillips, um, Ricky Rudd, Kirk Shelmerdine, which I think it's unbelievable he's not in there, and um, Mike Stefanik, which I can't believe he's in there either. Um, but on the Pioneer ballot, we got Jake Elder, who's a three-time NASCAR Cup champion, uh, crew chief, Red Farmer. I mean, every, I mean, Red Farmer, there's a, there's a parody Red Farmer account on Twitter, Rob. If you haven't checked it out, you should, because that dude is fucking hilarious. There's my second cuss word. Banjo Matthews, um, who won more than 250 NASCAR Cup races and three championships. Marshall McGriff, um, a, a 1986 NASCAR West Series champion. I barely remember that name, to be bluntly honest with you. And Ralph Moody, two-time NASCAR Cup Series owner champion and mechanical genius of Holman Moody. A lot of interesting things on, on this list, uh, Rob. is there What sticks out to you on both of these lists, the modern era ballot and the pioneer ballot, which is the first time we've, we've had it broken up this way? Anything um, strike out at you, Rob, as interesting or, or strange or or I mean, just what, what do you find about those things that, that is interesting? Um, all well-deserved. Obviously, if you're being if, if you're being considered, it, it is a well-deserved. Just being considered is a well-deserved uh, accolade um, because you've done, you've performed well in the sport on both sides. You know, as a driver or as a as a mechanic, crew chief, owner, etc. Um, there are a couple names on there that really shocked me as far as being on there, like some of those names, and I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, some of those names don't ring a bell with me. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it, when, when it comes to, you know, like Winston West, stuff like that, you know, it's, you know I didn't follow Winston West. Yeah. You know, uh, because I was too wrapped up in what I was doing, and mm-hmm. I know that we would run shows, you know, they would be a part of, you know, a companion series with us when we were at different places, you know, with the Cup Series. But I, I just didn't follow it. So there might be great drivers that never really moved out of that series into the cup side for whatever reason. 
but they were great within the series. So, and I think that's a, I think that is a really good thing to do because there are great drivers and great people within those series that didn't get national coverage. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, I think, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, well, uh, one thing, and, and, you know, I, I spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time with, with Dale Jr. I spent, I, I spent a lot of time at Hendrick with him. I, I, I knew him when I was over at DEI. I didn't work on the eight, but I knew him from over there. And I think it's funny that he's on the ballot this early. I'm not saying yeah. he's not deserving because he doggone sure is because he's done a lot of great things within the sport. He, he, he is obviously a huge name, uh, won a lot of races, two-time Daytona 500 winner. Um, it, I'm surprised he's on the ballot this early. Yeah. That, is, that is my surprise. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, the, the big thing that jumps out at me, and, uh, and Mark, I'd like you to uh, – I just want to get right into it. Rob, I'll give you a, an opportunity to discuss this here in just a second. But uh, Carl sure. Edwards is, is the big, is the big uh, uh, elephant standing out there in this entire nominee uh, list. Mark Scott, is uh, Carl Edwards, uh, one, deserving of a nominee, and two, deserving of being elected into the Hall of Fame? Well, I'm sure you're asking me because I'm a University of Missouri guy and Carl's from Columbia. But um, personally, I, I I think he is. Um, 28 wins. Uh, he almost won the championship a couple times. Uh, what was the series called at the time? Xfinity. Um, Xfinity title, a ton of wins in that series. Um, I, I think a lot of people are looking at it because Carl walked away young. Carl Carl walked away when he at the still driving great. Um, he's you know I'll compare him to uh, oh his name just went out of my head uh, the the Detroit Lions wide receiver who was fantastic oh, for all the Megatron yeah yeah and and all of a sudden walked away now he's got great numbers yeah. short career walked away at his prime is he still worthy of the Hall of Fame. I think a lot of people are also seeing Carl Edwards. Um, he was part of the – he was a media darling. You know, NASCAR popularity, uh, right – he was there right when NASCAR came big and, and showed up on Fox. And so I think a lot of people are looking at it. Maybe maybe he's getting downgraded from that. Um, I know it's heresy to say, but Dale Earnhardt Jr., is he in too early? But he's in because look at his last name. Um yeah. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is a Hall of Famer, 100%. Um, but, yeah, the, I think you could see arguments both ways for both those guys. Me, personally, 28 cup wins and almost winning the championship twice makes Carl Carl worthy. Uh, Rob Lokes, uh, is Carl Edwards worthy of a nomination, and is he worthy of being elected to the Hall of Fame? Um, I, I think, okay, I'm, and I'm going to I'm – just go ahead and throw it out there as best I can. Uh, is he worthy of a nomination? Yes. Is it too early for him? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because the possibility now, and, and I'm just, this is just my humble opinion. Yeah. The possibility was still there. Now, I don't know any ins and outs of it or whatever, but the possibility is still there for him to get back in a seat. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you, because there's, I mean, he, again, he walked away in his prime, walked away young. Um, almost winning their championship, 
listen, all I'm going to say is almost only counts horseshoe, scrabble, hand grenades, and thermonuclear devices. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> you know what? If, if, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas. That, yeah. So almost winning the championship, I'm sorry, there's a lot of guys that almost won the championship. A yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, uh, that, I, don't think, I don't think that enters into it. Race, race wins, um, like you said, media presence. Carl Edwards had, had a big personality on TV, and he, and he was in his prime when – or he came on the scene when NASCAR was still on the upswing as far as popularity goes, and I'm not saying it's any less popular. It's just there's been a dynamic shift. Um, is he worthy? Yes. Is it too early for him? No. And, and here brings up a question for, you, for both of you guys on your opinions. Let's say Carl Edwards gets in the Hall of Fame. What if somebody wanted to hire him and put him in the seat in a cup car next year, two years from now? Can you do it? You're already in the Hall of Fame. Can you go back? Well, uh, I, I, think, I think you – I think it would be awkward, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, personally, I think that uh, – I think Carl's done. I don't think he is going to come back. I think if he was going to, he would have by now. Um, it, it, you know, personally, would I would I have a problem with it? Yeah, I would because I think if your sport has bestowed on you the highest honor other other than champion, that you honor that and you stay away. That's just my personal opinion. Well, I think this if if. If for him to be a nominee on the on the Hall of Fame and to come and to get in, if he was to get in and to come back racing, I think it would be a disservice to to him, his fans, uh, everything he stood he he you know he stood for and and all this kind of thing. I would I I, I personally don't think that he would do that, but I would think it would be absolutely um, deplorable if it if it was to happen. And my, my personal opinion. Uh, Carl Edwards won 38 Xfinity races. He was a 2007 Xfinity Series champion. Um, he, he had 28 um, Cup victories, uh, more than Dale Jr. He didn't win, you know, necessarily any of the. Um, uh, he didn't win Daytona 500, that sort of thing. He, he, almost, he was in a championship, you know, uh, twice. And um, some people think it's the greatest race ever. I think it's the biggest bullshit fucking race ever of, you know, him and uh, Tony Stewart fighting it down at Homestead. But regardless, uh, Carl Edwards is not only deserving of the nomination, he's absolutely deserving of being a Hall of Famer based on those numbers. I like to think about it, where would the sport be uh, without Carl Edwards? The fact of the matter is when he was winning, you know, his 38 uh, Xfinity wins and his 28 Cup wins and doing the backflips off the car and, and part of that, you know, Roush team over there that was absolutely kicking ass and that sort of thing with Biffle and Kenseth and all that guy. I, I, he was absolutely positively one of the sport's biggest stars. Didn't give a fuck about anybody. Um, his steroid use may have got him in a little bit of trouble, but fact of the matter is, who's ever going to forget him fake punching Matt Kenseth and Matt Kenseth backing down <laughs> and that sort of thing? I mean, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, not only is he is he worthy, but he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. However, having said that. Um, I don't think Dale Jr. or uh, Carl Edwards deserve to be in this year's class. Quite frankly, Kurt Shelmerdine, boys, won four NASCAR Cup Series championships as a crew chief. That is, if that's not Hall of Fame worthy, I don't know what the fuck is. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, and he was with Dale Sr. and, and he's got four championships, and and there ain't many crew chiefs out there that have four championships, and he's still not in. Mike Stefanik. 
He's got nine NASCAR championships. I don't know how, if we're picking two out of this list, um, first of all, Jeff Burton is a joke as far as I'm concerned of being in there. Yeah, he's got 21, you know, victories. He won a Coca-Cola, a couple Coca-Cola 600s and a Southern 500. But, I, I, listen, I know he's a nice guy, and they call him the mayor of the garage. Um, and maybe people on the inside think he's a Hall of Famer, but this fan from Texas don't think he even deserves a nomination. That's how. That's what I'll say about this list. Dale Jr. deserves it, has earned it on his own merit, plus he's a, he's a he's an Earnhardt. If he gets in before Sheldon and Stefanik, I would be extremely upset. You got Harry High's not in there, for Christ's sake. Ricky Rudd, he probably deserves both, but it ain't his time. Harry Gant's not in there. I mean, this list is great, except for Jeff Burton, in my opinion. Dale Jr. should not get in. It should be Kirk Sheldon and Mike Stefanik. That was my my pick. Well, we go to the Pioneer ballot. Uh, Red Farmer not being in there is kind of crazy to me. Ralph Moody. <laughs> Ralph Moody is one of the, the, the greatest pioneers in the damn sport. And, and he's not in there, but you know, you, we off the air. Uh, we brought, you brought up something, uh, Rob about, um, uh, Ray Fox not being on here. And, and it's a little confusing how you can be on and taken off and that sort of thing in a pioneer division since we've gone on here. But, but you were kind of upset about somebody being taken off about it earlier. I just I just don't understand how that happens. Yeah. And it, it, like, how do you get put on the ballot and then you're not on the ballot? You know. And should he be there? Yes. Absolutely. He should definitely be on the ballot. Okay. And maybe it's a situation where once you're once you're nominated, you stay on the ballot for upcoming mm-hmm. years, et cetera, et cetera. You know, until you get your chance to get in or what have you. I don't know exactly how it works, but. Yeah. It just seems odd to me, and again, I, I, I don't know, I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know the dynamics. Well, let, let me let me drop a, a bomb on you here because I was trying to find out if I could see where it was, and this is from Bob Bachris. Um, you know, people, this is a list Bob Bachris put out uh, last week that said, you know, who, who he thought should be in the Hall of Fame. Ray Fox. Um, said Fox is a car and engine builder who took many of the sports greats including Junior Johnson, David Pearson, and Buck Baker to Victory Lane. Johnson won the 1960 Daytona 500. They won a Fox's car. He was also the one who helped future stars of the sport get their start. This is a direct quote from, from Bob Pockers, Rob. It is startling that Fox has been dropped off the nominee list. So there has been uh, – and it looks like Bob has reached out to find out you know, what the process was to eliminate it from. So you're not the only one confused. Bob Pockers, who probably is more knowledgeable about the sport than the NASCAR officials themselves, uh, you know, in, in many areas, uh, is, is he said it was absolutely startling. So there, needless to say, there's a, there's a lot of other, you know, things that are going on and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, and, 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 Mark agreed that, you know, it's probably a little early for, for Dale Jr. to get in, I, I believe, or maybe it was you. But, um, Rob, do you think it's a little early for – would you put Shelmer Dean and um, – uh, would you put Shelmer Dean and Stefanik in before Dale Jr.? Yes. No, no yes, You absolutely. said it without a doubt. Absolutely. Okay. Would, you know, um, without a doubt. And, 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 and don't get me wrong. You know, I, like I said, I, I spent a lot of time with Dale Jr., you know, through, you know, over different parts of my career yeah. and in two different places of, of actually both our careers and was on the 88 for six years yeah. um, and won some really great races with him. Uh, but it's too early. Yeah. Is he deserving? Absolutely. But it's too early. And Mark, now, Dan, now, yeah, go ahead. Ask a question. I'm sorry. 
No, I, what were you going to say? Well, you know, let, let's bottom line it as everything comes down to money and ratings. Yeah. So are you going to turn it, tune in to watch the NASCAR Hall of Fame if Ricky Rudd is your principal speaker or <laughs> Mike that. Stefanik? You're going to, or, or even Neil Bonnet or Jeff Burton. Yeah. But if Dale Earnhardt Jr. is the anchor speaker or even yeah. Carl Edwards, yeah. So, you know, there's a reason their names are on there. Um, that's just my, yeah. what you know, that's how my mind looks at it. Um, right. You know, the, the, us as fans and people that love the sport, you know, we're going to, yeah, we know these names. But, you know, you're not going to be the casual fan and tune in. But I tell you what, if Dale Earnhardt Jr. is the, the, main, the inductee who you know is going to be speaking last, well, you're you're increasing ratings and you're increasing ticket sales. Well, let me tell you this right here. This is a scenario that I see in my head. This is a scenario I actually want to see in my head. If I'm NASCAR, I don't want Dale Jr. to go in this year, and I'll tell you why. Because Shelbert Dean and Stefanik deserve it. There's there's no fan of the sport that can look at it and say that they aren't deserving, and they're the some of the oldest guys on here. So that pushes Dale Jr. next year. Well, guess what, boys? There's a guy named uh, Jeff Gordon going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he, he is he is an absolute positive. And then you got Jimmy Johnson coming in, uh, or I'm sorry, you got Jimmy Johnson coming in right after this. I, it, it wouldn't bother me at all if Dale Jr. didn't get in this year, or maybe even uh, a year or so down the road, or a couple years down the road. I think that helps. NASCAR, you're like, damn, what do you have to do to get into the Hall of Fame of NASCAR if Dale Jr. can't get in? Exactly, um, and I hope they don't make the mistake that the NFL Hall of Fame has made over these years. Mel Blunt is just now getting in the Hall of Fame? Exactly. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> you know, so so Stefanik, yeah, you look at and you're thinking, why hasn't he in, been in before? Yeah. Um, you know, Dale Jr. is going to get in at some point. Carl Edwards is, you know, and then yeah. you're going to start having Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon. You know, you've yeah. got years of anchor speakers, but don't ignore the the, the game changing history makers of of your sport. Yeah. Um, and 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 I, I it's going to be interesting to see what happens if uh, when people hear this podcast and they find out that I I think it would be absolutely wrong to put Dale Jr. in in the uh, I mean I, I was known as Dan the Junior fan in the early in the early days of uh, of Dirty Mo Radio I, and for me to it's, it may hit people you know pretty funny but fact of the matter is there's more people on this list that are deserving Dale Jr. absolutely is going to get in. It's, it's not even a it's not a question of if. It's just a question of when. And I think it's good for the sport that he doesn't get in personally because um, uh, Dale and Dale Jr. come out and said he goes, hey man, there's a lot of names on there. I'm I'm excited to be nominated and, and it's an honor, but you know I'm I'm not the I'm not the only guy in there that's that's worthy of it. So um, let me ask real quick, um, Rob Lopes, Jeff Burton, uh, is he uh, Hall of Fame worthy? No. Uh, Mark Scott is no. Jeff Burton Hall of Fame worthy? No, I think he's the only guy on this list. Um, personally, he is the only guy on this list that is is not Hall of Fame worthy. Ricky Rudd to me is is borderline. Uh, he does have 23 wins in NASCAR, and that puts him in a you know in, in pretty good company. But uh, everybody else on this list, in my opinion, is absolutely deserving of being elected to the Hall of Fame. And, guys, there's ten of them on here. Eight of them, we all agree, um, <laughs> are probably Hall of Fame worthy. And they're only taking two a year. 
So I think now what the NASCAR Hall of Fame is doing is getting more interest. Like, uh, like in the past, it was easy to get guys in. We knew Dale Earnhardt was getting in. I mean, that that wasn't a that wasn't a, an issue. That sort of thing. Richard Petty, Darrell Waltrip, you know. But now it's starting to get into crunch time. Where, in fact, the matter is, I think newer fans that may not know who the hell Kirk Schumerdine is, they're going to learn a lot about the sport during this. It's a wonderful thing NASCAR is doing. I'm very excited about it and. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. This has been a very, it's a very different recording at 10 o'clock in the morning is extreme and sober. Rob is, um, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I thanks like thanks it. for bringing that I, up. The air smells like shit. It's like fresh. I, I mean, it's weird to get up and do this kind of, kind of thing here with fresh air and all that. But, um, Robbie Lopes, I understand this is an Easter weekend. I, I, I forgot it was Easter weekend until Wednesday. I, I literally completely forgot yeah, right. about it, Rob. But you got any, uh, Easter plans? You doing a ham or anything at home? What you got? I mean, you doing it? I don't know. I'm doing anything um, for Easter Sunday except for watching online church. You got any things in the works, bud? No. Uh, <laughs> short answer. I mean, you know, the funny thing is, is hey, you know, like you text and talk to people. Hey, you know, what do you got going on? You know, what's your plans for today? Or, yeah. or you know, hey, what do you got going on for the weekend? What are you, what are you kidding? I mean, I live alone, right? Yeah. I live alone. You know, I have been doing everything I can. And I mean, I during the week, aside from going to work and stuff like that, I mean, I uh, I kind of keep to myself. I just take care of business. You know, you mow the lawn, you work in the yard, you do laundry, you, you run errands, all that sort of stuff. And I and even when I'm on vacation, when I take my when I take my vacation time in the winter. I, I don't do a lot. Like, I'll go see my folks, you know, or go visit family or what have you. Well, none of that is on the table. Yeah. Because you can't – you don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to do anything. You don't – you know, there's – there's. I, I have – I am probably very much on the conservative side from the social slash physical distancing of it mm-hmm. because I go I've, – I've been out of my house other than on a bicycle or motorcycle for tw- uh, three times in the last month. Yeah. Um, I I go to the grocery store and I am very anxious about going. I'm very cautious, and I don't I don't like I said I'm on, I'm very much on the conservative side. That said, um, people go, hey, you know, what do you got going on this weekend? Well, I was going to go skydiving, and I'm going to uh, there's this big party going on with kegs of beer, and you know craziness no no, i'm not doing anything i'm gonna do the same thing on saturday and sunday that i've done on monday which is nothing yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean i I think you're in the same boat as everybody because i I, it's just but but i martin scott you have a child in the home um (laughs) you got do you have what are your what are the the scott's easter weekend uh, look like well, um, you also know that my wife works for the largest diocese in the state of Florida, yep. um, and uh, we are actually having the bishop over for dinner mm-hmm. and one of the priests. Uh, we will sit on the back patio and sit far enough apart from each other, mm-hmm. um, but we are doing that. My wife uh, is still we're doing. She's very been very active keeping. Uh, the online mass is going and uh, has been a big part of that. So um, that is my plan, which will be followed by uh, copious amounts of wine. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, there, we mentioned at the beginning 
how many industries are affected by this, and unfortunately, religion is an industry, um, and it's hard for people at um, you know one of the mo- for for Catholics and and Christians, one of the most sacred times of the year, uh, to not be able to go and celebrate Mass and to be together. Uh, yeah. But it's good that you can be with your family. Um, hopefully, you've got family close that you could do something. So we're going to try and keep it as normal as possible while still keeping under the uh, our current rules of, of what the world is these days. Well, I think that's the, the new normal here is, is to try to keep it as, as normal as possible, also knowing that um, normal is a, is a new definition. But I can tell you one thing. Uh, as we record this on Good Friday, um, I, I thought it was actually kind of cool the first time I saw it when somebody said, you know, this is a very tough week uh, for all of us here in America, but uh, Jesus Christ had a tough week. <laughs> this was a very <laughs> tough week for Jesus Christ as well. And I thought, damn, that's uh, <laughs> perspective falls into place. Yeah, perspective, you know, right there and that sort of thing. But I think the the you know for the good of the community here as we as we, as we move forward, I think what everybody just needs to understand is we got to have patience. And and I know. Uh, I'm thinking about my um, uh, our, our buddy, collective buddy here, Billy Bradley. His plant's getting ready to shut down, and um, there's going to be a lot of good people out of work. There's going to be a lot of good people out of work all over the place, and we're going to get through yeah. this. There's going to be some some difficult times ahead, but it's these are short periods. We'll we'll come back and we'll come back stronger. I have no no doubt about that. But the important thing to do is to remember that. Uh, if we just do what we're supposed to do individually as a group, we're going to be just fine. And um, and and uh, the social distancing, the um, hand sanitizer, the you know, <laughs> keeping to yourself. I mean, I anytime I go into a store, I'm wearing a mask. Is and, and and that's these sorts of things. And it's not just for my protection, but it's for you know everybody else's protection. As long as we as long as we do the things we're supposed to do. It seems like it is working in in most cases around the country as we go forward. I think what we need to remember this Easter weekend is um, there's people that have had it a hell of a lot harder than what we have it right now, and um, we we can do this. Uh, We can get there together. It's not a time for um, we're all humble and do what we're supposed to do. We're going to come out of this um, okay, and I think that's probably – you know, the message we need to send forward on this Easter weekend. There's no racing this weekend. We're going to um, come back up with some I-Series events um, all next week. There will be a big schedule out there. But, um, Rob Lowe, before we head out here, you got anything you want to add to uh, what we said today on the podcast? No, I mean, uh, I, I just think it's it's a very it's a very tough weekend for us to not be able to go do the things we want to do as a collective society, you know, as Christians – as far as Easter with family, you know, there's just so many things that everybody was used to doing that are, that aren't going to get done, but it's, it's something that to remember that we just need to, we need to have, keep our faith, keep our faith in ourselves, keep our faith in our families and keep our faith in, in, in God and in the Lord and Jesus, just because this is what's going to help drive us and help us get through all this. Yeah. Um, well said. Mark Scott, you got anything for the good of the community? And by the way, Mark, I appreciate you being on very much. Thanks for um, sharing yeah, your expertise and, um, uh, in the industry and, and knowledge of the fan. Appreciate that very much. But you know, what, what do you got to, as your, your parting, uh, parting shot here for us, Mark? Well, I, you know, I think it is very important to remember that there's a heck of a lot more people hurting than us. Um, 
Rob can't go to race. I can't sell racing. Dan, your work's affected, but we all still have jobs. There's yeah. a lot of people that are out of work. There's a lot of people that are sick. But at the end of the day, we're a nation of 331 million people. And it's god-awful that we've lost 17,000 lives. But there's 331 million people in this country. We are going to get past this. Yeah. Don't fall into the media trap of, you know, what everything is driven by the media. I think Governor Cuomo said it great the other day when a reporter was desperately trying to get him to say something bad about <laughs> Trump. And he said, look, there's no red or blue right now. There's yeah. only red, white, and blue. Yeah. And you just remember that and remember your faith, your family. We will. We will all get through this together. Think of the people that have uh, that have suffered and uh, those are the ones to keep in your hearts and your minds and, and just listen to what they're telling you to do to stay safe. And if you're not doing it for yourself, like Dan, like you said, do it for somebody else. Don't be selfish. Just yeah. take care of yourself because that takes care of others. Mark, I appreciate that. Very well said. Um, everybody, let's do what we're supposed to do. Let's get past this son of a bitch. Let's go racing sometime very soon. I want to wish everybody a happy Easter for Rob Lopes. Happy for our buddy Billy Bradley, who is uh, away from us today, but we'll be back next week. And for Mark Scott, I'm Dado. Happy Easter, y'all. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. With all this craziness going on in the world right now, we appreciate you spending a little time with us. Before you leave, take a minute and check out this new song by Guy L. Boom and Alex Hobbs. Here's End of the World. Yeah. I'm turning off my TV. Shit's getting rough. All the service negativity. I think I had enough. I got my own demons that I'm still dealing with. And if you still wanna be here, I gotta make one thing clear. Don't just say you love me. Show me. Just say that you're with me. Then prove me. I'm really trying to find my fears, but it's getting scary out here. I don't wanna be alone. Tonight, baby, hold me tight tonight. Oh, come on, baby, make love to me like it's the end of the world. Oh, like it's the end of the world.
world is ending. Love me like the 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 world is ending. Love me. The sky is falling. Come on, baby, make love to me. Like it's the end.